Amen. Let's go ahead and give these guys a big hand clap as they go their way. God bless you, young people. And it's a definite pleasure to have each of you with us today. Um, Those of you that were here last Sunday know that we did not quite get through the message. So uh, I made this uh, basically a two-part. However, I do have an outline, and I hope that each one of you received an outline. If you didn't, please raise your hand, and we'll make sure you get one. Uh, It should be a a little outline that will show you some fill-in-the-blanks. And then the first four I went ahead and uh, filled in for you from last Sunday. And uh, I want to just take you back, if you will, just turn real quickly to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 33. This is basically the text that we began with last Sunday. And those of you joining us online, we welcome you. And we just ask that God would bless you today, wherever you may be watching or uh, listening from. Those of you the first time in our service, we also welcome you and just are glad that you chose to be with us today. I want us to read here uh, 1 Corinthians 14 in verse 33. It says something very important for us today because we live in such a day where there's a lot of confusion going on. Uh, A lot of people are confused about things. But I want you to know that the God we serve is not confused. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, For God is not a God of confusion, or He doesn't author confusion. But He's a God of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Now, last week I said, if God isn't the author of confusion, then who is? That's Lucifer. That's Satan. Now, we've, we studied him when we looked at the angels. We know that he's a fallen angel. He was an archangel, led worship in heaven, took one-third of the angels with him when he fell. That's what we would call demons today. When Jesus uh, was on earth and Jesus ministered to people, he would often cast demons out of people. And they're real. The enemy is real. But remember, the Bible says that there's more with us than there are with them. And greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And the one who is in you is not confused. And he's not the author of confusion. Now, I shared with you um, that it is important that we, as God's people, know who we are in Christ. So I took you through, there's eight things that I want to share with you. I took you through four of them. Let me just highlight those last week. Uh, the scriptures that we looked at last week. Now, I have those scriptures for you so you can keep studying those and keep them in your heart. But the thing that we need to know is that God knew us before He formed us in the womb. Jeremiah 1.5 tells us that. God knew you before He formed you in the womb. In, in other words, before you were actually even formed as a human baby. Before you had the ability to think. Before you had all the... Uh, bones in your body, He knew you. And He has a plan for you. And it's a good plan. And as a believer in Christ, Jesus walked this earth to show us how to walk this earth. And one of the things He showed us, in fact, He said, a new commandment I bring to you, I give to you, and that is that you love one another. So love is very important. 
And I want you to understand that as a believer in Jesus, that is first and foremost in our heart and in our life. We're to actually love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. When Jesus was actually put to the test by the Pharisees, when they asked him, what is the greatest commandment out of all the Ten Commandments? Jesus said, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And a second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, how do you love yourself? You take care of yourself, don't you? Uh, if you're uncomfortable, you try to make sure you get some comfort, don't you? Like right now, I can see some of you, you're uncomfortable. <laughs> you're, you're waving those fans. You're trying to get yourself comfortable. So you love yourself in a, a certain way, and that's the way God wants us to love others. So we love. I want you to not be confused. As a believer in Christ, we are called to love. Now, I've told you what love is not. Love doesn't just say, okay, hey, you know what? Uh, if you believe that, uh, you just live that life. If you, if, if you know somebody's living a lie, is it love to let them keep living a lie? No. If you love someone, you're going to tell them the truth because the truth is what's going to set them free. So we love I also told you that we walk in authority. Jesus said, I've given you authority in my name. You will cast out demons. You will speak with new tongues. He said that our, our heel, we could crush scorpions and snakes. Amen? Now, that doesn't mean go out and play in the scorpion den and go find a rattlesnake and handle it. I'm just saying, if you meet it, if you, meet it you, can, you have authority over it. Ladies, you don't have to be afraid of those mice. You just take authority over them in the name of Jesus. You don't have to be afraid of spiders. You can take authority over it in the name of Jesus. You don't have to be afraid of demons. You just got to make sure that you're under Jesus, under his authority, and you have authority over them. And then we also walk in the light as he is in the light. In fact, the Bible says there is no darkness in God at all. I'm just giving you a highlight from last week for those of you who weren't here. And the last thing is, is we are sensitive to sin. How many of you know Isaiah 59.2 says, that it is sin that separates us from God. He said, it is your sin that has separated you from me. And you know, God will not, he, God cannot live with sin. The Bible says sin, it is appointed unto man once to die. Why is that? Because sin came into the world. And Jesus is the one who says, I am the way to the Father, no man comes to the Father except through me, so there is life in him, and even if we die, the Bible says we die in Christ. To be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord, and so shall we always be with the Lord. So those are very, very foundational biblical principles that I do not want you, any member, any friend, any person that comes and fellowships at Celebration Church, I don't want you to be confused about these things. I want you to know them and walk in them. Are you with me today? So I want to finish out about the last four items about not being confused. I want you to know who you are in Christ. And the fifth thing is, as a believer in Jesus, we keep His commandments. Watch what he says, what, what is said in 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. Now, this is 
the Apostle John. And he actually shows us how we know someone is a believer in Jesus. Now, by this, we know that we know him. By what? If we keep his commandments. How do you know a person is a Christian? Because they keep God's commandments. Okay, that is going to be an outflow of what is inside. And the Bible goes on and says, he who says, I know him. Now, this is, this is speaking to us today in 2023. He who says, I know him, or I'm a Christian, I follow Jesus, but does not keep Jesus' commandments. Buckle up. I'm just going to say what the Bible says. What does the Bible say that person is? That person's a liar. And what else? The truth is not in them. So what happens if the truth is not in them, yet they say they know Jesus, and yet do not keep his commandments? There's some confusion going on. And remember, God's not the author of that. You see, we cannot say we're a follower of Jesus and not keep his commandments. And then the Bible goes on in verse 5 and says, But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. So another way we demonstrate our belief or our character as a follower of Jesus is that we keep his commandments. We, we're not confused about our responsibilities. So we got to keep following Jesus every single day. we got to choose those commandments. Now, don't raise your hands on this, but how many of you, you um, don't always keep the commandments? You don't, you're not always successful in that. There's no condemnation. But the Bible says, we read this last week, the Bible says that if you sin... He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin if you will confess it before Him. And I want to make this statement, and I want this clear. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're perfect. And I think a lot of times we expect perfection from imperfect people. It's kind of like the illustration that I've used before is that um, if you go to a junkyard and you see a car there and it's for sale... And then you go to a dealership, and you see a car there, and it's for sale. But this car at the dealership, it's brand new. It smells new. It looks new. It, the engine is new. There is nothing old about it. They'll both do the same thing, but one is perfect, and the other is imperfect. We're a lot more like the junkyard model. However, when we come to know Jesus, he's the one that makes you brand new. Amen? But a lot of times what we expect as people and, out, and people expect of Christians is the showroom model when sometimes you're still working out the junk. Amen? How many of you limp along sometime you need new tires? Some of you need new engines. Amen? Sometimes that engine, man, that needs renewed. It needs rebuilt, right? 
How many of you, sometimes your up, upper engine needs some attention? You know, you need, you need a, a check up from the neck up. You need, you need God to begin to do some things up here in the mind. So, we're to keep His commandments. Number six. Boy, this is going to put the rubber to the road again. We are doers of the Word. Doers, not of what we want, but of the Word. Everybody say God's Word. Watch James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25. He says, But be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So stop there for just a second. That means today we're hearing the Word, but that's not enough. He said, be doers of the word and not just hearers only. And then he continues on and he says, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man that beholds his natural face in a glass or in a mirror. For he beholds himself and he goes his way and then immediately or straightway forgets what manner of man he is. But whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein. Everybody say continues. You see, it's important that you continue. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now, that may sound like a broken record that's scratched and keeps playing the same section over and over of the song, but we cannot demonstrate the characteristics of a Christian separate from being a doer of the Word. It's got to be the Word of God. It goes back to being obedient. It goes back to being what God says about situations, about the issues. So, we have to love. We walk in God's authority. We walk in the light. We're to be, be sensitive to sin. We're to obey or keep His commandments. We're to be doers of the Word. And boy, this is another one that's so important. We don't follow the world. We're not caught up in the fads that come and go in the world. Watch this. In Romans chapter 12, in verse 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world. So what are we supposed to do? Be transformed. Well, how do I do that? You renew your mind. Because here's the thing. The world is always shoving things out to you in, in media, in social media, uh, online, where, wherever, wherever you go, whether it's, a, whether it's a movie, whether it's somebody's feed, whether it's a reel, whether it's, it, you are getting all of this information. And the Bible is saying don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed and the only way you can be transformed is to renew your mind, and you renew that to what God says. And the reason you do that is so that you can prove what is God's good will, acceptable will, and perfect will. Do you see that? And then he goes, James says this in chapter 4. Now, again, I'm just going to quote the Word of God, and it uses some pretty potent words. 
He says, you adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the spirit that dwells in us lusts to envy? In other words, God's a jealous God. I want to ask you this. Those of you that are married, maybe, or so those of you, if you're dating someone, how would it feel if your spouse said they loved you but were attracted always to someone else? Everything that came. Guys, maybe, maybe it would be your wife. She'd just look at any other man. She'd want to be with that other man. That would cause some issues, wouldn't it? Ladies, flip that around. That would cause some issues in a, in a family, wouldn't it? That would cause some issues in a marriage. And the Bible is saying here that he's actually calling that adultery. In fact, God said that throughout Israel's life. In fact, some of the things that they did, he said, it's idolatry. He said, you've adulterated yourself. You, you've found other lovers. You've found other loves in your life. And ultimately, he called them idols. And you say, Pastor, why are we talking about this sort of thing? Because people are confused. You see, we cannot follow God and follow Baal. We cannot follow God and follow us. Amen? In fact, it's kind of interesting. A lot of the social media thing, it's you're, you have followers. Man, I tell you, if you got a bunch of followers, make sure you're taking them where they need to be. Amen? And if you're following anything, make sure you're following the right things. The last thing. And this is where I want to leave you with this. We are overcomers. Look at your neighbor and say, you're an overcomer. Now, the Bible says this in 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Another way to say it is greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Who is in the world? The devil is in the world. And he says that God is the one greater in you than the enemy. And he goes on and says in chapter 5, verses 4 through 5, and he says, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that's overcome the world, our faith. Then he says, who is he that overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, is that not a Christian? So we're all the way back to the beginning. If you say you're a Christian, those eight things should be in our life, and we should not be confused about them whatsoever. I want to give you an example of what it's like to be an overcomer. I'll give you a couple. An overcomer is also known as more than a conqueror. Now, let's say that there's a boxing match, and guys, let's say you're the boxer, and uh, you go into the ring, and I mean you get hit because you're in the battle, 
and you come out and you're bruised and you got a big old eye hair that's just big and blue and puffy and a puffy lip and blood running down you. And, but at the ding, ding, they raise your arm and you're the winner. And when you're done, they give you a check for a million dollars because you won that fight. How many guys go, hey, that'd be awesome. But then you go home and you say, look, honey, I won. And then she takes the check and goes, thank you, baby. She didn't do anything. She didn't fight the battle. She didn't get bloody. She doesn't have a black eye. But she, you are a conqueror. She's more than a conqueror. Because she didn't have to do what you did. In fact, she couldn't do what you did, but she got to accomplish what you accomplished through you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is an overcomer. That is more than a conqueror. You know, a lot of times at a football game where maybe your friends are, or maybe a child is playing, one of your children have played, or maybe you're just, you love a particular football team or basketball team or whatever it is, you, they, you're cheering for that team and that team scores a point and then you jump up out of your seat and you begin to cheer and you look at one another and you say something like this, man, we are doing great at this game. No, you're doing is sitting in the stands. You're not doing anything. But you said we are, because that's your team. You see, you identified with that team, so whatever that team has accomplished is part of your accomplishments. The same happens in our homes. You know, you have people living in your home, these little guys. They don't pay the mortgage. They don't buy the utilities. They don't buy the groceries. However, they use the utilities. They eat your food for free. And when they invite their friends over to your house, they say, hey, can you come over to my house? Well, yeah, it's their house only because it's your house. They're more than a conqueror. You see, you notice the use of the word my. Those Those individuals are generally your children. And my point today is this. We too identify in that same way. Jesus is the one that overcame. Jesus is the one that destroyed sin. Jesus is the one that took care of the devil. He overcame it all. And since we are, as Christians, aligned with him, that makes every one of you more than a conqueror and an overcomer. I want to tell you what the world's going to tell you today that you're a failure, or that you don't measure up, or because you don't have this, you're nothing. And they will tell you what you cannot do better than what they tell you what you can do. Can I get an amen? And the voices of this world, they can come through the voices of the internet, of television, sometimes through friends, Sometimes through family, sometimes through employers, sometimes through strangers. But I find this, that people are not always trying to tell you down. They're just speaking out of their own experiences. And we have to remember this when we hear those things. We're overcomers. 
because Jesus overcame. It is not about anything within us except the Spirit of God. I saw this on a t-shirt just this week, this couple weeks ago. And it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a picture of a Christian in full armor on their knees and their heads bowed. And the words below it is this. The devil saw me with my head down and thought he'd won until I said amen. The devil saw me with my head down and thought he'd won until I said amen. I want to tell you this. If your head's down, let it only be in prayer and then raise it up and be the overcomer God's made you to be. As I, begin, as I mentioned at the beginning of this message, the world, they need to see a difference between you and them. That is the only thing that will make them wonder about why you have chosen Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If you, listen, if your life is the same as theirs, if you go through the same trials in defeat, in despair, in depression, in worry, in fear, in all of the ways of the world, what makes us any different? If our faith is so hidden that people who know you would be surprised that you go to church... That should make you wonder if you're truly a doer of the word. You see, I know it is difficult to be different from the world. Church, listen to me. I know what it's like to be all by myself. I know what it's like to be alone in a group. Because I don't do what the group does. I know what it's like to be jeered at. I know what it's like to be called preacher boy. When I knew at the age of 14 what I was called to be, preacher boy. Oh, what, you think you're better than us? I know I'm not. And in this world, you will receive ridicule. You will be blasphemed. You will be uh, persecuted. But Jesus said, blessed are you when that happens. When men say all manner of evil against you falsely. And church, listen, these eight things are just a few of the characteristics that we're called to demonstrate and not to be confused about. We can have the title Christian without demonstrating the character. And we looked at the scripture that says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these things in your name? And he will say, you know, I never knew you. I don't want that to happen to anyone that's a part of this ministry. When I make it to heaven and you make it to heaven, I want, I want God, if he ever asks me, says, son, how, how, how many people are here from your ministry? I want to be able to say, Lord, every one of them. Every one of them. There's Richard. There's Sam, there's Wayne, there's Dave, there's Chris, 
Amen. Last but not least, know your place. Know your place in this world. Know what you're called to do. And know the times in which we're living. We're in the last days, church. The last. Time's running out. Let's stand to our feet today. Thank you for your attention. Bow with me today. Lord, I pray that every person in this room, everyone watching online, listening today will know who they are in you. Walk in that anointing. Defeat the powers of darkness by the authority of the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. That they will be the witnesses you've called them to be. They would love the, the people, Lord God, that you have called them to love in this world. Those that you bring their way. Lord, I pray that you would cause us to walk in your truths. That we would walk worthy of the name Christian. That we would be just like you. And Lord, I pray that you would also just keep us aware, keep us sober and on the alert, for we know our adversary, the devil, roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. May it not be any of us, in Jesus' name. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. I love you guys. God bless you. Go stay cool today. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless. Whose name is love